0: But I think what I want everybody to hear is, you know, tons of experience. You've done a lot of things in the mortgage business. You completely got out for a little while. You decide to go full head in in 2016. And here we sit today, and you're doing somewhere north of $30 in production. So a lot of people are going to want to know. What your secret is. (laughs) What did you do?
1: Count your successes by the number of your activities. Do not count your successes by your paycheck. Yeah. Because the minute that I started doing that was the minute that I started to really turn a corner. In about 1999, I said, hey, this isn't going to sound great, but (laughs) if these clowns can have mortgage companies.
2: (laughs) So can can I. I I can do this.
1: (laughs) I was like, okay.
0: All right, so welcome to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast. Here with us while on vacation. <laughs> Thank Mr. you very much, <laughs> Mr. John Jones, dude. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, man, glad to be here. And, uh, in light
2: of in light of what I just told you yes. earlier, um, yeah, I'm definitely happy to be here today. <laughs> <laughs> and if my wife, uh, Christina, if you're watching, hopefully we're speaking at this. Time. <laughs> They're just going, a just they're a going, side note they're that we going are in the middle of yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> a major um, a master bath remodel, and it's um, we just had an episode this morning about two hours ago, and I think I get up and left. So we were, you know, consulting yeah. tile choices, colors, and we were just complete opposites. It was like shag carpet in the shower or shiny gloss tile. <laughs> oh wow, that's <laughs> yeah, far. That's, that's, far, yeah, apart. that's yeah, far apart. That's far apart. So
0: let's welcome real quick. We have um, the amazing Peggy Bradshaw.
1: Thank you, Brian, <laughs> you're crazy.
0: I'm not crazy. I love you, Pegs.
1: I love you too, Brian. You're one of my
0: favorite people. Well, thank Don't you. Don't tell John Same I said here. that. I won't, I won't.
1: John, when you said you were in the middle of a remodel, I thought you were saying you were gonna, I didn't want to say, it, but I thought you were in the middle of a divorce.
2: Well, it could lead to, uh, hopefully it doesn't I, lead to I that. I mean, scared.
1: I was like, why is he bringing this up in front of me? I felt a little uncomfortable. House
2: for sale, almost finished.
1: <laughs> With one big piece You pick of your, tile. You pick your tile
2: because the master bath is completely gutted there's nothing in there if we
0: sell it now it's gonna be fun uh, peggy we're about to have some fun
2: oh i'm excited
0: so here's the deal i first i gotta say our producers they they came to john and i and they're like you know who you really have to have on the podcast i was like who you guys got you guys got a great idea peggy bradshaw and i said that's a phenomenal idea
1: i love you guys
0: (laughs) That's a phenomenal idea.
1: Don't tell my husband; he already thinks I'm already fooling myself. So I don't need more.
0: <laughs> so let me. <laughs> but let I me, do
1: love your producers, by the way.
0: Yeah, they do a great yeah, job. They do a great amazing. job for you too. So, um, let me set it up a little bit. So, Peggy, how long have you been in the mortgage business, like all inclusive, everything? Ay, ay, ay. Like, didn't you start in like Hawaii or something?
1: In Boston, technically, at the Boston Five Savings Bank. Boston Five Cent Savings Bank. Nice. Have you ever heard of it, John Jones? I
2: have. I grew up up there. So I started with GMAC in, in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire.
1: Oh, wow. And
2: was originating in the Boston area for my beginning career back in the um, 1800s. I don't know when. <laughs> yes. A long time ago. Well, the
1: Buffalo <laughs> Nickel was the, was the uh, mascot of the okay. Boston Five Cent Savings Bank. So I was a person who prepared documents, truth and lending disclosures. Okay. And that was in 1986. So I... Was about 20 years old. And okay. I'm now, you know, a lot older.
0: Well, she, <laughs> like, I mean, I, I, I feel like Brian's doing you didn't some way giving away. Yeah. But <laughs> <Brian's doing laughs> we weren't going to get into that, Peggy.
1: Okay. <laughs> I was in the dinosaur age
0: eighteen well, hundreds yeah,
1: over here. Yeah, so yeah, I'm a little older than you, John, but that's all right. We'll we'll just take so it. not point, by
2: my math on that one. <laughs> so I think maybe by a year.
0: So you
1: are, we're probably about around the same age. Yeah. yeah.
0: So at some point you go out west,
1: right? Go and, to California.
0: And and when did you actually start originating?
1: When I went to Hawaii. Okay. And I lived in Hawaii, and there was a job opening, and I was 22 at that time because there was a lot of going. oh sorry, a lot going on in my personal life then, and I was moving all over the place. And went to Hawaii, and they had a job opening first as a processor, and about. Two months in, they realized I was not made for processing. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so my manager said, "Hey, we've got a great idea. We think you'd be great in sales. Would you consider being a loan officer for the bank?" And I said, "I'll give it a shot." And um, before you know it, I was, I was originating, you know, mortgages and in banks. I was going around to different branches and I'd have appointments with people, and it was just a great time. So I did that for about two years over there. Okay. And then I moved to Arizona, did that for like five years, and that was a great, that's where I kind of really cut my teeth in government lending and did a lot of VA loans, FHA, all that, and I did mostly, you know, government loans then. Um, And then, you know, moved back to Florida and where I'm from and uh, had a really great opportunity there to originate mortgages. You know, we didn't have to have licenses then. I worked for several different mortgage companies, in about 1999, I said, hey, this isn't going to sound great, but if these clowns can have mortgage companies. <laughs>
2: so I can, can I. I can do exactly.
1: this. <laughs> I was like, okay. They're Put not, on the red nose. <laughs> exactly. They are not more organized than me, and I'm highly disorganized. They're not more personable than me because I'm very personable. Um and I don't know. I just thought I can do this. I can do this and I all I needed to do was really surround myself with the right people. Yeah. Because I'm not an accountant. I'm not, you know, I'm not highly organized. So I did. I got, you know, I, I found people who were so supportive of me and some of you are watching this. You're out there. You were a Special big help thanks. to me. Special thanks. Yep. Special yeah. thanks. Absolutely. Mindy <clears throat> Thorne. She was one of my first um hires adina mcguire um those are two ladies that really helped me out a lot in the operations area and i'll never forget them and um my mortgage company was called Ameri financial and it was on west bay it was at 510 west bay Mm -hmm. and uh i was there for about five years and then i sold the business to joe who's probably watching joe's still in the mortgage business i think and then I went into wholesale mortgage, okay, and that was with uh, Freedom Mortgage, which at that time was Irwin Mortgage.
0: Okay, so you you did uh, you were an account executive with a wholesaler for a number of years.
1: Thirteen years. <clears throat> I was with that was the longest job I've ever had. Wow. Yeah, thirteen years was a long time.
0: Wow, and then and then you had a life event. You don't have to go into that, yeah. but you got out of the business
1: for yeah. I mean, I was always, my toe was always in the water, Brian. Mm -hmm. I always had my toe in the water. But I think, you know, I never really got out. But I had this big life event that really forced me to go back in full time into mortgage. And I thought, you know, I want to get back into origination. I think that was what I loved the most. That was really what I loved the most. Yeah, the people, the
0: people, yeah. Yeah. So that that was about 2016. Correct. I think you and I met somewhere around 2017. Yes. But I I think what I want everybody to hear is, you know tons of experience you've done a lot of things in the mortgage business you completely got out for a little while you decide to go full head in in 2016 and here we sit today and you're doing somewhere north of 30 million in production so a lot of people are going to want to know what your secret is (laughs) what did you do
1: well i mean because i'm
2: assuming in 16 brand new essentially Back in the business, knowing how to do a mortgage, but no relationships, no relationships, zero relationships,
1: because I came from the wholesale world. So I, you know, like I said, I had to dip my toe. The first thing is again, thanks I have to give out, and the thanks is to my hometown of Tarpon Springs, Florida, and. Relatives and sphere of influence, and people that I knew. Those were the first people that I reached out to and told everybody here I was back in the mortgage business, and now I could service them directly. I could do the refinances, I could do the purchases. I went to realtors that I knew. So those were the very first people that I worked, reached out to. And again, I want to thank the people that did help me in the very beginning. Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, Bud DeLee helped me out, Pete Master Vasilis. Um, Let's see, my cousin, Christy Mijas, she told everybody in the whole wide world about me. Um, all my all my cousins came to me for refinances, but Christy was my, Christy's like my, I would call her like my personal broker to the Tarpon Connection. Yeah. She tells everybody about me. and Raving and fan. She's my number, well, I'd like to hire her one day, but I, I don't think I can get her to come to work for us, but that's, that's another story. <laughs> but um, yeah, Christy and then uh, the realtors that I met and... Um, trying to think Maria Samarcus, who's Clinaris, Uh She helped me out a lot and I'm I'm just throwing names out there of people. Yeah. These are people I grew up with that you know, gave me a shot when nobody else would. So um, Faye so Maracus, yeah. Faye. Faye, my, when, oh, sorry, Faye, I forgot you. How could I forget Faye? She's like my longest standing customer.
0: So for, you started off with Sphere of Influence is what I'm right, hearing then. Right, right, right. So, right. hey, I'm I'm back in the business. Right, I can help you out. You started with the Sphere of Influence. Right.
2: And I would imagine- So, so let's
0: pause there for a second okay. because
2: we talk about this a lot <laughs> on, on our podcast is we have new LOs in the business and where are they going to get their start. Yep. So, I mean, I think that's, that is amazing. I mean, we always try to tell people, I mean, everybody that you know, grew up with, friends, family, neighbors, you've gotta let them know what you're doing sure. for Similar to an insurance salesman, right? That's the first target, right? You go after yes. your family and friends. And in the mortgage business, sometimes we we don't always do that. Yeah. Like we, we jump in and we shift and try to go out and meet and establish relationships with realtors that we've never met. Right. When we're missing, I'm, I'm assuming the first year or two, I know it was for me. The lion's share of my referrals came from that source until yes. I could get established in the real estate community. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think that's the message is, you know, if you're a new LO out there or or, or getting in this yeah. business or in the
0: business, always circle back <coughs> and still go after that segment of the business. Listen, I can remember when I first got into the mortgage business, the sales manager, very first sales manager I had, before they would even let you start. So, like, hey, we're going to hire you before before you you start we need a database of 100 people in your sphere of influence. And it had to be names, numbers, and addresses. Mm -hmm. And the point was, when you started, you realized, like, hey, that's where we went to first. Right. Yeah. So.
1: I think it's funny because a lot of people do hesitate. I think they're concerned. Like, well, what if, you know, even I my husband I told him in the beginning that those were the first people that and he said you know you never do business with family and I'm like I always do business with family because number one nobody cares about them as much as I do yep no one and I really do care about them and it wasn't like a commission for me it was doing a good job for them
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I know that they know that because yeah you know I would do whatever it took to get them done and, and do the extra things for them and give them the extra you know instructions that no one else is going to do for them so but i think that family if you're genuine and you care and you're you're good at your craft, why not share that with your family?
2: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't and I think they want to see you do well. I think they're proud of you when you do well. So yeah. I, I don't see that I would definitely not ever hesitate to work with family. I you know, if you're hesitating to work with family, there's something not right. Something's wrong. <laughs> you might not know your job you might, well you, enough. You
2: might may have a cousin that you don't want to work with. Exactly. But.
1: <laughs> <laughs> In my case, all cousins. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, the point is, I mean, right. even if you've been in the business right. 10, 20 years, right. we still Nailing sometimes we're, we're shifted in the wrong direction or we don't, we don't have both directions open. Yeah. So it's important that you still target your friends and family. Yeah. For sure. I mean, there's there's good referrals and you're saving them money, giving them yeah. you know great value, great
0: opportunities. Yes. Oh yeah. That's a huge point. That's, nice job. So what was next?
1: Oh, well then, you know, I had an opportunity to work with a real estate company in South Tampa and I was living at, in South Tampa at the time. <laughs> the time yeah and i went to work for this company and they would allow me access to the office and i was in the office pretty much almost every day and i just made them my friends and i came from what they call a place of contribution okay so a lot of the things i learned were you know this this real estate company happens to be one of the keller williams um franchises and it's in south tampa and um the lady that was running the office was Samantha Hatton at the time, very nice woman who introduced me to everybody and, you know, gave me my first foot in the door. After Samantha, there was a great guy named Stephen Bush who worked there, who I was very close with as well. Um, now to Lennon Rarick, who's in there. Now. So all these people that were the head of the team, were people that I became friends with first and then it kind of trickled down what they would introduce me to their people and from then on you know I made um, a lot of new friends and then you know, after a lot of patience, and you know, none of this vomiting. You know, I mean, I would every once in a while, I would just really, I'd have a meltdown. <laughs> like, okay, how many day, how many lunch dates do I have to take you out before you give me a deal? <laughs> you know, I mean, after a while, I would get a little bit crazy, but you know what I'm saying? It, yes. After a while, it just naturally happened. Where yeah. they just, well, she's here, uh-uh. you know, and you always want to tell them using the um, football. <laughs> the football uh what's the word analogy yeah. that you want to be the backup quarterback yep. so I want to be your put backup me in, coach yeah put me in. <laughs> and you remember who was the most famous backup quarterback when Drew got hurt
2: TB12 TB12 <laughs> yeah
1: baby love you Tom
2: thanks for yeah. coming I was po- the <laughs>
1: first woman to say Mrs. Tom Brady on my Facebook page I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: sorry oh yeah that's okay my youngest son's named Brady so thank you again Tom Brady yeah
1: <laughs> But I don't want to tell the truth is when I used to hate him when he was with the Patriots. Oh, I didn't so like jealous. him until March 2020. Yeah, me
2: too. I loved him when he was with the Patriots. I, I love him in Tampa.
0: I'm
1: such a fair weather fan. I can't lie. <laughs> but they're like, oh Tom Brady's coming up, I'm like, are you kidding? Anyway, we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah.
0: So what I'm hearing you say, you you, you the good news is you got an opportunity that kind of got you past the gatekeeper. Yeah, but from there you still had to build relationships. Oh yeah, lots of work. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, I remember okay. even sometimes you know having my little meltdowns and talking to the people who were running the office saying, "Why doesn't so and so talk to me?" And they would say, "Hey, it's up to you. You gotta. You have to earn that. You, there, no yep. one's gonna just give yeah. that to you." Yeah. So I had to learn again patience, 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 and one of the people, and I'm not just saying this, who really kept me. Straight was Brian, because Brian was my manager for a while.
0: It's a hard job.
1: (laughs) How many hours did you have to spend on the phone with me, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, pray. I just have to talk to you. Just a friend. I I think you know. So,
2: so (laughs) earlier on in my originating career, I did work in a real estate office, and it is it's it's very frustrating, right? You become super friendly with a lot of the agents. And there's a handful that for whatever reason, they've had established relationships. And when you're not getting, you know, an opportunity with them, you kind of like, you get a little frustrated. I mean, you know, you've you've gone to lunch six, seven, eight times. You're going to happy hours. You're like, all right, give me a shot. Yeah, happy hours
1: galore. I was doing a lot of happy hours. You know, so you're in the friend zone
2: and it's like, when is is my chance? But the good point is that you're, you know, you're, you keep going after them.
1: I have to say this. Brian Lovell was my manager for a while. He fired me, I think. <laughs> well, fired Three me. times. Yeah. <laughs> well, he all of a sudden one day I, I realized he wasn't my manager. I'm like, what? He got rid of me for why. Okay, so anyway, Brian said, and I'll never forget this: count your successes by the number of your activities. Yep. Count your successes by the number of your activities. Do not count your successes by your paycheck. Yeah, And I was like, but I got bills to pay. But he was right. Because the minute that I started doing that was the minute that I started to really turn a corner. Mm-hmm. And I think that I started to turn the corner in 2019
2: mm-hmm.
1: is when I really, and I even called Laura Lynn once. And I said, Laura Lynn, no, I really mean it. This is going to be the new normal. I will be producing now from now on. Mm-hmm. A, a very good number, and I think the first year I made the Circle of Excellence, and then the following year President's Club, and now President's yeah. Club again. again.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, one of the things I used to, so funny about Peggy is, um, I I I'd, I'd call her at like at the end of the day, just you know driving home from work or whatever, see how she's doing, and she would tell me about these like lunch meetings and stuff that she was doing where. She went into the day, didn't have a lunch appointment, Mm -hmm. but she would just start walking around the office and be like, hey, you want to go to lunch?
1: Yeah. And it wasn't like, it wasn't obnoxious. I would just say. But you
0: were like, hey, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to take somebody with me. Yeah. Um, You know, and I was like, man, I mean, that's like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. You you know, uh, to, to go about that and, you know, like. You didn't always do it on purpose, but no. you at the end you made a friend. You know, made a friend and you got yeah. it done. Yeah, um, You know what? Some of the other things you know, I know you've shared with us before too. Like um, you, you do a lot of like educational type events, or mm-hmm. and you've gotten real creative. Where it's not like, hey, I am going to do mortgage one hundred and one, but like you, you get like you've had the mayor.
1: Yes. Well yeah. no I I had her and then covid oh, came. COVID. Yeah, but I've had some other people and I'll tell you about that. It was great. Um, and I'll throw some other names out yeah. too. I don't mean to name drop, but people help. Yes. I mean, we're we're, you know, they say we're a village. I mean, success doesn't happen by yourself. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny when you realize you know people who have done something for the community and you probably all have someone that you know like that but you didn't yeah. realize it and they'd be more than happy to help you mm-hmm. or share their experience. So well, we started first of all I started realizing from going to a lot of our events at the fly-in where you would really take your time to find good speakers to keep our attention. I realized that I mean we were tired, we were going hours and hours and you'd bring these speakers, you know, in to, you know, to motivate us, teach us. And I thought, "You know what? I have to imitate that." If I imitate that, then people will realize I care enough about them to bring them this information that's going to help them not only with their business, but with their personal life as well. Yeah. So I, um, you know, some of the things I'll do is I'll bring guests, uh, people to do like, I'll have, I've had, uh, Deanna from, uh, the mortgage, M- M-I, uh, MI company, M-I company. Yep. I've had Don Henshaw from the, uh, mortgage insurance company speak. I've had, um. I've had Michael White, who's a fantastic appraiser, come mm-hmm. in and do an appraisal. Um, that draws
0: a crowd. Yeah. Oh, are you
1: kidding? That yeah. conference room was packed. Um,
0: and you've done non-mortgage-related stuff, yeah, too. Yeah. And, and, and the point is, is like you're looking for a way You're trying to, to add, add value, value to this. Right, folks, add right. value.
1: So the people that I brought in, the two people that I'm thinking about the most, um, I just brought in Rick Peckham who just was honored by the NHL he was um, he was inducted to the Hall of Fame yep
2: broadcaster yeah
1: as a broadcaster he was a 23 year veteran uh with the Lightning and mm-hmm. he's been in the he's been broadcasting for i think 30 40 40, 40 years yeah, i yeah, think something yeah it's like been that. forever Yeah. yeah and so Rick came last month in October and did we did a top producers lunch and he was our guest speaker and he talked about the business aspect of the Lightning with the Esposito, and things that had happened years and years before, and what it took to bring the Lightning to Tampa. And it was, I mean, he had us all on the edges of our seat. He's, he was telling us about a different aspect of the Lightning that nobody knew about and how we built a championship wow. team.
0: I don't remember getting an invite for that.
1: Well, you know, I'd Ryan, have loved to go done that, being a Yeah, fan. I'm sorry. I did tell you I was doing it. I put in a <laughs> ticket. Good old Phil Esposito,
2: number seven, Boston Bruins. What yeah. people don't realize, he's still the fifth leading scorer in NHL history. That's crazy. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Rick.
1: Rick, you didn't mention that. Um, so I mean, when he came, I, I get I actually, and he's a good friend of ours. He he golfs with my husband. Okay. Uh, his wife, I met, I met her at church. She is my was a she ran the Sunday school, and I worked for Sunday school, and we just became really good friends. friends yeah. So and then we started going out to dinner and stuff, and then I was like, you know, Rick. Would you ever consider speaking? And he's, you know, he was so happy to do it. Great speaker. He was amazing, and yeah. it just so happened it was the week before he was flying out to Montreal, or no, sorry, Vancouver. Forgive me for the uh, induction of the uh, the award that he had received. Wow. It was a broadcasting award. Yep,
0: that is awesome.
1: Yeah, and then prior to that, so there's a big, there's a great pizza place called Bavaro's, mm-hmm. and uh, one of our Tampa's uh, best. Um, one of one of the brightest shining stars in small business in Tampa is a man named Dan Bavaro and his wife Anna Maria Bavaro. Great people, and uh, they talked. Of, he talked about his story, growing up in New York and New Jersey, and wow, how he got into business and what he learned. And I mean, you know, long story made short. Dan did not finish high school, um, but his education far exceeds any education of most people I know. Wow. Uh, and he talked about that and talked about what it took. And again, everyone was on the edge of their seat. So bringing those people to talk to my group, I mean, those are things that people still remember. Dan yeah. Bavaro was two and a half years ago.
0: Well, the, the, the thing I love about that is, that, you know, not not all of it was mortgage related.
1: No, right? and, goodness And the point no. is,
0: is you're trying to find ways to add value to... These people that you value and also want to earn business from, right? You know, John, you and I have spent a lot of time talking over the last six weeks about what are some of the changes we think we'll see in the 2022 market, and and by that, like the world's changed because of COVID. Yes, and our mindset has been this is 2022 needs to be the year of you hosting your own events, right? Right, and because we're seeing cases where. Real estate offices don't have as many agents coming into the office as they used to. They're working in a remote environment. We're going to um, you know affiliate stuff where we would normally go to meet new referral partners and less of them are showing up, but more affiliates are coming. Mm-hmm. you know so you could have twice as many affiliates and not all mortgage, but some of it may be title, some of it, you know homeowners interest, whatever it is. but it's it's uh, it's getting convoluted. And so we feel yep. the answer to that is to put on your own events. And and here we are, we're hearing Peggy share with us over the last couple of years, she's already been doing that and the success that she's having makes us sound really smart. Yeah, I mean, it was well thought (laughs) out, pre-COVID and everything.
1: (laughs) Well, I appreciate you saying that, Brian, but I I tell you, it doesn't take a lot when you just realize all you have to do is duplicate what you see others doing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, They say the greatest compliment is flat, the greatest form of flattery is imitation, right? Mm -hmm. So, whenever I hear a great speaker talk, I try to take one thing out of that speech and integrate it into my business. Mm -hmm. And even if it's just one item, that's a lot. Because these people come, I mean, they're prepared, they've got stuff to offer you. You know, the most you could do, the nicest thing you could do to compliment them Mm -hmm. is to take that and integrate it into your business. And I think that that's what's been. the key to my growing, yeah. and I'm not going to say success because I don't feel like I've reached any pinnacle of success by any means, but I want to continue to grow and grow and well, grow. Let,
2: let, let's stop you there then. So that goes back to 2019, and you were Peggy Bradshaw. Now, what does your team look like today, three years later? And what direction as you want to grow, like what team members do you have now, and where do you vision yourself going?
1: Well, I started, I, I still really want to grow my team. And so I started out with, by myself for Mm -hmm. I think a year and a year and a half Mm -hmm. and then I had a young a year about Mm -hmm. and then I had a guy come and he was great Chance Unger worked for me for a while Uh, we were a great team and then he decided to go off on his own so he was he became an originator which was great I'm really happy that he had a start with me I hope I did something good for him I hope I taught him you did
2: he's been successful so yeah good for you
1: and then I got and then Dylan Dungalegi came and he's a great guy. um, And he was kind of like a son to me almost because he's the same age as my son. And then I thought, geez, well, if if this guy who's like my son did so good, why don't I just hire my real son and see if he wants to come? So Nick Petitas joined me. Uh, Shortly thereafter, Dylan decided to go off on his own. Um, So I have Nicholas now and I'm looking to hire one more person who Mm -hmm. has about a year or two experience.
0: So the first hire you made wasn't a loan officer though.
1: He was a transaction was coordinator. A transaction yeah, coordinator. and I have a great transaction coordinator now, Warren Bennett. Fantastic, yeah. he's wonderful. Yep. Yeah.
0: So you started with that, we'll call it operations leverage, right? And was it easy?
1: No, no, it wasn't easy. Be, well, because you have to make sure that the person that you're hiring as a transaction coordinator wants to be a transaction coordinator. So unfortunately we as salespeople, we're like peacocks. We've got these big feathers and we want to show them to the whole wide world. And let's face it, we don't like to share the spotlight so much. And that transaction coordinator has to be someone who's, all the ultimate in humility. Sure. And they want to, you know, they want to support you. They, they don't care about all that stuff, you know? Yep. And so that's why I've got a great relationship with Warren Bennett now because that he doesn't want it. Although he'd be a fantastic salesman and he doesn't be great, want, want it. Yeah. doesn't want it. He just wants to support the team. And he doesn't care about all the glory and all that good stuff. And that's what makes him a. <laughs> A phenomenal human being. And I do try to give him thanks all the time. But the person that I hired the first time was a salesperson. He was a mortgage person. He did not want to be a production side sure. sure. person. So that caused.
0: But I will say, in that instance, like yeah. that, that, that led. That person down the path, like they wouldn't have been able to have success as a loan originator oh, no. without starting no. with without their, starting with you. Yeah, yeah. No. well, because you like you got an opportunity on on the back side of the business, on the operations of the yeah. business to learn it, right? Yeah. And and then once you get some mastery on that side, it becomes a little bit easier to go out and also find the deals, right? Yeah. We see all the time the hardest thing about being a rookie is you're learning how to do loans Everything. while you're learning to yeah. find them at the same time, right? And and in this role, and we've had a lot of people who've had success coming in. We've seen it throughout the industry as transaction coordinators learn the business. I mean, you did the same thing. Oh, you sort of yeah. off doing in and oh you yeah know, uh, you know, and, and and eventually you learn the business and you say, right. "Hey, you know what? I can go do this on my own." But right. you know, I just I wanted what I wanted people to hear was like you you had some struggles at the beginning of building the team.
1: Sure. Right? And sure. I had I had to come to Jesus. <clears throat> I had to you know, look at myself inward and say, "You know, Peggy, you are too much of a peacock. You need to take a lot of steps back you need to realize that this isn't all about you this is about a team and we need to be cohesive and we need to work as one and now that I finally have that I wouldn't have it any other way and I think I've really you know the believe it or not the more production I have the more chill I am and less nervous and less I don't I don't have that need to have to be that front person as much
0: sure Sure. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So today the team looks like a transaction coordinator, basically an LOA.
1: Right, who's going to be an LO next year.
0: <laughs> okay, and yeah. then like you're basically the rainmaker. Right. Okay. Right. What do you think is next?
1: Um, well, I would really, truly like to have at least two more. In, and um, they would be working with me in in the South Tampa area. Okay. Um, and in that office that I work mostly, not that that's my only office, believe sure. me I work in a lot of offices, but that South Tampa office that I'm in is really, the core. well, they're my core. And not only that, but they're growing so much. They Their goal is to have 500 agents in there by the end of 2022. Okay. So if they're going to have 500 agents, I need to be able to service more them. More Peggy's. Right, yeah, right. A lot more Peggy's. So, yeah. And Nicholas does a great job. Nick will take these people out. He does one-on-ones, mm-hmm. which is kind of like when I did, started yep. out the lunches. Yep. Nick takes these people out to Kawa. They have coffee. And he his job is to take every single brand new agent in that office for coffee and he's done a fantastic job good and then another thing we do for the new agents is your producers (laughs) every three months we do a taping or a videography we video all the new agents and some older agents if i can get them and we do what we call the realtor of the week interview okay and we sit down and we interview agents and I ask them three basic questions and it's all about them. And then I put it on their social media, my social media, my business page, my personal page, the office page. And I try to get them as much exposure Exposure. as I can. I'm not in the video, just in the very beginning, which I might cut that. I think my voice is probably all we really need. And really tailor it for the agent. And I would like very much to just continue doing that. And, yep. you know, that's one of the really nice things yeah, that we true.
0: offer. I've I, I think I that's watched just several. A, yeah, they're great. Yeah. great. And it's Thank just, you. A, it's just another way to try to, to find ways to add value yep. to yep. people I want, I to want them to do with. well. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. And, in a lot, and I find that almost every new agent does have a sphere of influence. And they will. They give. better
2: if they're getting into real estate. Yeah, yeah. especially in sure. Florida. Yep.
1: But they do. And they almost all have at least one deal. And I would say 75% of the time, it's a purchase for a buyer yeah. who needs financing.
0: Listen, I've said it all the time. I think you know a lot of people want to stay away from new agents, and I can understand why. But I think the flip side, the good side of it is, to your point, most of them, their first transaction is going to be a friend or a family member, and it's going to be a buyer, and the reason it's going to be a buyer is they're afraid to go on a listing appointment i don't blame them i'm not knocking you like they're afraid to go on a listing appointment so their first couple of transactions are buyers my feeling is, is as an lo if you can get a deal from a new agent if you can get their first deal you're going to get deals two three four and five. Hundred percent but if you don't get deal one you're not going to get two three four and five let me tell you why the reason that you're not is because they're so new that they don't have the confidence to try something different. If everything went off, right, they're gonna use the same title company, they're gonna use the same homeowner's insurance, they're gonna use the same home inspector, they're gonna use the same loan officer. Correct. Until they get confidence enough, they might be willing to try something different. So to me, I know that, you know, where a lot of people think it doesn't bear fruit as well, those agents don't do a lot of business. But if you can find a way to help them get into production, you're going to get a couple of deals from them.
1: Oh, I agree 100%. And I got to tell you, Brian, um, most of those agents, they're so grateful that they did come to us because, and you know, there's no way to tell somebody how much we do for them and what the difference is working with us versus another lender. Mm Now I'm not, I'm not trying to knock people. I know there's a lot of good... There are a lot of great LOs out there.
0: Yes. Yep. A
1: lot of great LOs that don't work with the, with yep. us. Yep. And I wish they would all work with us, but cuz I love that we have that great reputation. Mm-hmm. I love to have my peers, you know, my counterparts that do great. I love hearing about that. But that being said, I think that going with us for your first deal, we create an experience that you're never going to forget. And you're going to want to keep repeating that over and over again. It's like that high, you know, you want to yeah. get that same feeling over and over again. And we really, really, truly offer a beautiful lending experience. Yeah. We talk to the customers. We tell them what what to expect. There are no surprises. And I think that that's what sets us apart. And then these agents know, and then they tell yeah others too. They, not only do they tell the new agents, but they tell the other agents. Yeah, And they're the first ones to put you on their Facebook page and the first ones to tell everyone, Hey, call Peggy, call Nick. They did such a great job for me, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: So cool. Yeah. Well, Pegs, is there anything else you wish we would have asked you?
1: I don't think so. I just, I love my job. I, I, you know, I love my customers. Um, I don't know what else to say. I love I love what I do for a living. I, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world.
2: That's
0: awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Thanks. That's awesome. John, anything else? Great job. All right, cool. I
2: well, love it. The message out there is stay in the friend zone. Definitely. I, I, I like that. I mean, that's that's your secret success. and mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's a great strategy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, okay. obviously, 30-plus million. Peggy, what are we Forking. thinking? 40, 45, 50 million in 2022?
1: Well, if I get... The people I like, shot it down there for us. <laughs> yeah. I already I'll have it, you by the way. He knows. He
0: knows. Know. he knows. Well listen, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Context to Contracts podcast on behalf of Peggy Bradshaw and John Jones. Good job, Peggy. I'm Brian Thank Lovell, you. and if there's anything that you ever need, we're always here to serve. You.